I tried to put the industry on my back and my back broke. Like literally, physically, I had a really, really bad physical setback of putting all the weight of the world on my shoulders. I felt responsible for the fitness industry. Um, and I went live every single day trying to save the industry in 2020. And next thing I know, I had a knee replacement. Six weeks later, I had a back injury. And that put me down a real spiral downward in 2021. I'm in a bad place physically, mentally, thinking I can't do this anymore. When the doctor finally told me I needed a 14 hour back surgery that was gonna change my life, I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. And I went out into the car and cried like a baby to my wife thinking, wait a second, I'm on this mission to change 10 million people. And here my back is, I need a 14 hour back surgery. Like, God, why are you doing this to me? I'm supposed to be helping people. I'm trying to do good to the world. And here I am. And I'm crying. And then Melanie, she said, hey, <laughs> what you want and what God wants might be two different things. And what you think you're gonna help is far different than maybe who he wants you to help. And maybe you're not just gonna help fit pros. Maybe you're not just gonna help trainers and coaches and fitness business owners. Maybe you're gonna help other people who are in pain, physically, mentally, emotionally, people who are addicted to drugs, people who are, are depressed and suicidal. All the things that you never thought you might do, maybe you did. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I made all these changes during this time of like, you know what, if there's ever a time, you know, either you choose change or change chooses you. It was both. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Welcome, everybody. We got a special treat today as Matt and I launch a brand new series, and that is the GOAT series. And that is because we want to bring the greatest of all time in the fitness industry to this podcast and go into areas that they probably haven't talked about with other podcasts. We're going to go and talk about all the stuff that they have not revealed publicly so that we can talk to you guys in the real kind of like sense of things. We can get, we can get, dark and dirty one of the things that you know matt and i kind of looked at was like what was the most popular episode we ever released and it was the dark side of fitness we said huh people are a little twisted or <laughs> people like it when we get real and the man we got today he knows how to keep it real so i'm excited to have him matt why don't you intro our very special guest yeah so the goat segment obviously we're going to be talking to legendary guests like we got today um, but also some maybe some guests that you don't know that are crushing it in the fitness space. But today's guest uh, is Todd Durkin. Uh, so if you're in the fitness space and you don't know who this guy is, you are literally uh, living under a rock. Uh, this guy is an absolute legend and we're very lucky to have him on the show today. So Todd Durkin is a master motivator who loves changing lives and igniting an unbreakable mindset with those he impacts. With 20 years of experience coaching Super Bowl champions and MVPs, along with hundreds of the world's best athletes and entrepreneurs, Todd is ready to help you recapture your edge and reignite your energy and mindset. He has presented 300 plus keynotes to leading companies and organizations on five continents, and he's ready to motivate you and your team next. So if you didn't like that intro, it comes straight off your, your website. Um, but if you guys don't know who Todd is, he's he's one of my biggest mentors and he's had one of the biggest impacts on my life. And we're really lucky uh, to be able to be with him today on Zoom. And if you haven't heard one of his his keynotes, 
Uh, one minute he will have you ready to run through a freaking wall, and then the next he'll have you uh, crying like a, a grown little baby and, and really hitting you uh, in the feels. And there's no one that can take you on that roller coaster ride like this guy. So I, I got a feeling we're going to go on a roller coaster ride for the next however long this takes. But Todd, uh, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the Fitness Empire show. Man, Matt, thank you. Dustin, thank you. Uh, the GOAT series, man. I guess I've got to step up the game here, but thank you. I'm really excited for the conversation and whatever direction it goes, however it can serve you and, and your audience and listeners, man. I'm, I'm pumped up. All right. Perfect. So let's get into the first question. Kind of a, we'll call it a softball here. Maybe not because you've accomplished so much in your life, but if people haven't heard of Todd Durkin, if you can give us kind of a little, a little bit of backstory of how you got into the fitness industry to eventually becoming one of the greatest of all time. Well, First off, it's kind of uh, awkward to hear the greatest of all time because I feel like there's so much more to do, right? It just means I've been around for a little while and I have certainly uh, have set some goals and have achieved some of them and I'm, I've got some other big goals still to achieve. So um, the journey is not yet complete, that's, that's for sure. So um, it's interesting when you look back in retrospect, 2020 vision, in hindsight, it's always, it looks a lot easier than what it really was. Um, I never desired uh, to be a trainer. I never desired to be a, a fitness business owner back in the day, uh, Matt. I wanted to uh, be an NFL quarterback. That was my dream. I wanted to be uh, someone who took my talents and skills. I earned a football scholarship um, uh, to play Division One football as a quarterback. And then when I was done with college football, I went overseas. I didn't get drafted to the NFL. So I went overseas. I played in Europe. And that is where um, I blew up my back at the age of 25 three herniated discs, um, spinal stenosis, degenerative back disease, uh, left me motionless on a football field in Exxon, Provence, France. And um, up until that time, from five years old to 25, I just wanted to to uh, play football for a living and and uh, use that as a platform to eventually impact uh, lots, of, lots of other people. That was my love. And when that injury happened, it forced me down this this direction and journey to try to heal my own back pain without surgery. And, um, I lived in 13 different cities over five years and trained with different gurus and healers and strength coaches and doctors and osteopaths and Reiki masters, you name it. I did it, um, just to try to heal my own back. And what I didn't realize was it was an education to eventually get into what I got into because with the people I met during this journey of he trying to heal my back pain, um, five years later, just shy of my 30th birthday, um, I opened up my own training studio called Fitness Quest 10 with no clients, no money, no business plan, but a new dream. And that dream then was just to help people and combine one-on-one -on -one personal training with massage therapy. That was the goal because in the body work I had learned with massage, raw things, structural integration, which has always been a part of my background um, to combine the healing side with the, I'll call it Western strength and conditioning principles as an athlete, uh, um, everything, everything from Olympic lifting to plyometrics and, and strength training to skill training. Um, and I did that in year 2000 and in January 2000, opened up the small training studio, 2000 square feet, carpet on the floor, refurbished equipment. Now you got to remember depending on the age of who's listening in, um, you know, step back 23, 24, 25 years ago, 
training studios without memberships didn't exist. It was only big box gyms, right? And um, if you're 45 plus years old, you probably remember that era. And it was a it was a, a different a different um, system back then. But I really believe that I wanted to work with people one on one, and that's what I did. And that was the start of a new dream. And for the past 23 years, um, that dream has evolved. And there's been a lot of ups and a lot of downs and everything in between. But that's how it all happened. Matt was on a well, based on an injury that left me uh, one dream dead, and a new one was kind of percolating. Looking back. I understand that that's why it happened, but going through it was hell. Do you find uh, going through that, obviously now you work with NFL athletes and professional athletes, um, do a lot of your athletes find you after injury or kind of in a similar position where now you're super relatable and understand what they went through and be able to, to guide them? They did. They did then. Now in the athlete world, there's so much word of mouth and you build that trust, but back then, that's how I attracted my my first uh, professional athlete was I was doing body work. His wife was doing Pilates uh, here at Fitness Quest 10. And she said, hey, my husband has a bad back. Do you think you can help him? I had no idea who her husband was other than I had set an intention that I really want to start working with more athletes because two years into my business, I wasn't working with athletes. I wasn't working with uh, pro athletes, college athletes. I was working with anyone who would walk through the door, all ages, all shapes, all sizes. I just want to be able to pay the bills. I didn't have a sophisticated business plan. I didn't have a strategy. I would. I just want to help people. And um, when when Vaughn Parker, 6'6", 320 pounds, walked through the door, I said, who is this guy? And uh, sure enough, he was the starting left tackle for the then San Diego Chargers. And um, I started doing body work with him. And in session number one, 20 minutes into the session, um, I'm doing this sideline hip rotator release technique. Now imagine this, this man on a massage table. I've got my elbow driving into his hip and he's like, oh, that's, that, that's, I haven't had that. That's amazing. And I'm hearing like this splintering noise. I'm like, man, his back is jacked up. Yeah. And <laughs> this was the same technique that my mentor, Dub Lee, taught me in Rolfing in in um, session number four, five, and six of the hip rotator release technique and how you help eradicate stiffness and tightness in the fascia of the hips. And and I'm like doing the same thing on on Vaughn Parker. And he's like, oh my God, that, that's the spot deeper. So I'm like going deeper. I'm sinking down. I'm hearing this splinter. I'm like, I had never heard this on anybody. Next thing I know, the table broke in half. <laughs> the table broke in half. Now I've got this. 6'6", 320-pound athlete on the ground in the first time I've ever worked with a pro athlete. He's looking up at me. I can see the whites of his eyes. He's like, Titi, what was that? I'm like, I don't know, but my table's broke. And it's like one of those moments, what are you going to do? I, 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 my first thought was, do I stop the session? My second was like, no way. i got to find a way. And I had just watched. I'm going to age myself here. I had just watched a week before a VHS tape all on Esalen massage and Thai massage. So I take off my shoes. Next thing I know, I'm walking on this guy's back. I'm stretching his <laughs> hip flexors and his getting it. I put my heel in his glutes. He's like, this is the best work ever. After that session, I'm sweating like a dog. And uh, he says, that was amazing. Do you think you can come down to um, the team room on Mondays after the game and start doing some of this stretching and, and body work on us? I'm like, absolutely. No joke. 
that next Monday, I'm down in the San Diego Chargers uh, team room. Became for two years the um, massage therapist, body worker, and and stress therapist for the Chargers. That was the first break that got me in with the Chargers, and that's when Ladani and Tomlinson, uh, the first round pick for the San Diego Chargers, said, "Todd, I understand you do something called functional fitness. Do you think you can help me take my game to the next level?" And in early 2003, um, I started training Ladanian, and that was the start, really, of what would become uh, me training a lot of NFL guys. But it was all because of a broken massage table that I had to figure out what the heck to do. And Vaughn brought me down there, introduced me to the head athletic trainer. I met LT. LT then, three weeks later, brings in his quarterback, the second-round pick that year, Drew Brees, who I've been working with now for 22 years. Um, the rest is history. Love it. Awesome. Amazing. I want to ask you, Todd, because that was like an amazing, like kind of kickstart to your career and also to your business. And we know in business, when you first get started, you're probably like crawling and then you need to learn to stand. Then you can finally walk and then jog and then you can sprint. And it's kind of this thing that you kind of got to build up. So there's a lot of people who are just getting started. And so what I wanted to kind of rewind back as to your crawl and maybe standing phase what was the hardest part for you to get your business off the ground and to get some momentum you know it's aj i have a big smile on my face right now if you're just listening in right now because looking back it's such a beautiful thing starting something but when you're going through it it's so stressful and hard and you're trying to figure out answers to how to pay the bills and and get more clients and all these things but looking back sometimes the simplicity and I'm like, wow, I'd go back in a heartbeat to how simple it was, right? Like, it was just so beautiful. Like, I just wanted to help people, and I wanted to touch one-on-one, and I wanted to do body work, and and that it's kind of like the old adage. I don't know if you ever have heard about that. You know, there's a there's a uh, a story about a fisherman who who started as a fisherman, and he went through this whole process of of uh, uh, you know, hey, you can build a bigger business, and he goes and builds a bigger business, and and he goes and and builds a whole cannery, and 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 he's making millions of dollars, and then and then at the end of the day, after all this whole thing, he goes back later in his years and just becomes a fisherman again. <laughs> right? Like, it's this whole aspect of when you're starting, man. It seems it's all about survival. It's about survival, and you got to be nitty and gritty, and and you got to get into the weeds. You have to be resilient. You don't have a team. You don't have a budget. You don't have a lot of money coming in. So you got to figure out ways how to go out and shake hands and kiss babies. And you're not relying on, oh, I have a a $1,500 budget for this or that. Man, it's just about survival. And what's beautiful about that is it's about relationship development. And in many ways today, we've gotten away from the people. We've gotten away from the relationships. And so many times even in, in, in my work with other coaches and trainers and entrepreneurs, it's in developing relationships with people that are so beautiful. And I remember even then those same principles that allowed us to be successful then is truly what would make us successful now and does make us successful now is not getting away from the people aspect. Heck, especially in fitness and personal training and and heck, anything in the fitness industry, it's about the people and about the relationships. As technology improves and all these different options you better not forget about the people and the relationships. And if there's one thing that the last few years have taught us is everyone needs a community. Everyone needs a community. It's it's those who do best at building community that are not only going to survive, but are going to thrive and be able to grow on that. So 
I look back with a smile on my face, but at the same time, if you're just starting a business, I want to commend you because I know how hard it is. Man, I know it's it's six and a half days in a week. You're you're busting your tail. I remember the birthday parties I missed with my kids were young, thinking I had to work those half days on Saturdays and teach outdoor adventures on Sunday and do all those things. But there's something beautiful about building something and knowing that your signature is on it and that you're going to create something um, that is going to be a legacy or that you're making a difference in your community and you saved a life or you got a DM or a message these days that, hey, my kid is, you know, is, is in a bad place. And then you get um, a message that uh, someone is suicidal and your word, your session helps someone get through the day or maybe even save the life. And it's no different than year 2000 here in 2023 um, is, let me tell you what, it's all about changing lives. It was then, it is now. It is now. And that's what we can never forget. It's what are we doing to make the biggest difference one person at a time? I, th- I think sometimes the what gets hard is the further you get removed from that, right? The start getting into the stress of, you know, keeping your books and paying taxes and tax strategy and, and growing your team and leadership and all that stuff. The, the further you get removed, mm. right? Like I feel like the harder, you know, ultimately it becomes going back to the source of why did you start this thing in the first place? I, I feel like some of us forget that. And really, I, I like to teach people like our business is not that difficult. Like when you break down, let's just say you do a large group. I just tell people 80% of success is high energy coaching sessions that make people feel good. Absolutely. Right? It has nothing to do with how you generate leads or get people through the door. Or what are the top retention strategies? I say the top retention strategies are actually caring about people, right? Like it's not a strategy, but it is the best strategy on planet Earth is actually taking care of people. And whether you're at the beginner stage or you've been doing this for a long while now, if you do all those things and you're the juggling artist, which so many of us are, we've got all these responsibilities. As you grow and you get on more responsibilities, it's easy to get burnt out. It's easy to lose the juice. It's easy to forget why we do what we do. And the next thing you know, you're shot. And hey, I'll share about it later Yeah, if you want. We all go through these ebbs and flows, but we have to meticulously guard our energy and have our habits dialed in so that we can do what we're designed to do. And if your divine uniqueness is a coach or a trainer or, or an author or a speaker, whatever your divine uniqueness is, is man, you got to protect that because it's easy to lose it. And the next thing you know, you are shot. And if you're shot, your energy, your classes are going to be shot, your sessions are going to be shot. Um, you're basically going to be shot. Whether you own it, you're a manager, you're a trainer, you're a, a, a coach there, we have to take care of ourselves in a day that right now we give, we give, we give, we give. You're not listening to this uh, podcast today if you're not someone who genuinely cares about your people. We have to protect our energy at all expenses. Yeah, I, I think towards the end we'll go deeper on that because I, I think longevity is tied to, to energy management, right? If you're not finding ways to protect your energy and protect your mindset, uh, and in some ways protect your heart. Cause one of the yeah. hardest things is, um, I, wow. I told my mom this the other day is the last 10 years, I've seen the worst of humanity. I've also yep. seen the best of humanity, right? So you have a choice of what you focus on because if you're in the fitness industry, you're in the people business, you're going to see the, the worst and the best of people from a client perspective, from a team member perspective. And if we only focus on the negative sides, like you will burn out Good. so quickly. Now, leading into my next question is, 
we've all failed. We've all had struggles. We've all had things that maybe we're not not proud of. Um, <laughs> but what are one of the three biggest failures that you've had, like growing your gym, uh, that have been a catalyst to to really growing to who you are today? Maybe in the moment though, you're like, man, this is going to put me out of business. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Uh, I, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel because of, of these choices or uh, perceived failures. If you were to kind of go back to the last 20, 30 years of being at this, what are like one to three failures that in the moment were were really tough for you, but really kind of made you now you're looking, being able to look back? In the moment, back then, what I would say, and it's it's you, you hear this, is like, do what you do best and hire the rest. Do what you be- do best and hire the rest. And it's rhetorical, but um, in all the coaches who I had and learned from, I do believe in that. Um, and as I was learning how to go from someone who was a one-man show to all of a sudden, within six months, I was doing 50 sessions a week, one-on-one, 50 hours of, like, I was going all day, and it was me, and I was doing one-on-one back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back five-and-a-half days a week. I knew I needed to hire a an assistant or a GM or another trainer, someone to help me, because... I'd actually have anxiety when someone would come in to get a tour. I, I say tour with air quotes because it was a 2,000 square foot studio. It wasn't much a tour, but I got this anxiety because I'd be doing a session, but I couldn't really talk to that new person coming in the door. So I hired someone. Eventually that that person led to me getting a GM, a general manager. And again, I say that loosely, like general manager sounds so fancy, um, but it was a small business. And I hired someone who could help me um, uh, run the, the the training and the massage therapy and and the scheduling and everything. And what I realized is I hired the wrong person because that person who I hired had the, the same skill sets as me and they were good with people. But what I, I don't love and didn't love doing is just talking about the money and, and the finances and that. I just want to train people. I want to coach people. And, and I, that's all I want to do is change lives. And I hate looking at the books. I don't, I, I don't like looking at that stuff. And uh, this GM at that time was the same way. Well, I realized I had a really big problem in my hand when when someone uh, came to me and said, oh, we've got a problem. There's someone who who is about 48 sessions overdue with her package. Because, hey, this is old school now. This There wasn't even technology where you had MindBody or Anomaly or one of these other programs that you could actually track. That. It was on a card and it was on the honor system of you check off one of 48. <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but it's the truth. And I didn't realize, but I had 30-something people who were dozens of sessions behind, and this GM didn't like talking about money. I didn't even know about it because I was busy training. Well, whose problem is that? Mine as the leader, major fail on the leadership standpoint. I'm like, okay, I got to do things different. Number one, I had to replace that GM with, um, she actually was a client who actually comes from a customer service background and restaurant uh, background and uh, love numbers. And next thing I know, she became the new GM at Fitness Quest 10. And um, the problem there was she loved talking numbers so much that those people who owed money in accounts receivable, she'd be going up in session. And they'd be like, hey, you owe thirty, you know, $3,200. See me after this. Saying like, no, 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 don't go up in session. And, and talking about like, hey, you owe $3,000. You're $2,700 behind. And let me tell you this, that woman is still with me today. Julie Wilcox serves in Todrick and Enterprises and, and she oversees all aspects of our business. But it was a big fail, but a big gain in, I knew I needed to grow. I needed to hire someone. I hired the wrong person at first. And I hired that 
person that had the same skill set as me because I like them and versus what's the skill set that they have that is going to augment me because it's different than that. So um, that would be that would be probably a, a big one is, yeah, I do believe in do what you do best and hire the rest. Just when you hire the rest, just make sure they actually fit skill sets that you don't have or are going to help the organization versus, hey, I like this person. She's a good gal or a good guy, and I think they're going to help the culture. Make sure they actually have skills that are going to grow your company um, on that. So that'd be that'd be one of them. I've got probably five of them, but that's that's the first one I would say. I think that's really important because I, I can still be guilty of it too, of like, hey, we need to hire somebody, but not taking the time of going, hey, what's the roles and responsibilities of this person? And then I'm a big believer in EOS, get it wanted capacity to do the position, right? And sometimes we overlook that because we're such a hurry to just get it off our plate. But then 100%. I'm also really bad at, I assume they should know things that I haven't coached them on. I haven't taught them on. I, I'm just assuming they should know to make sure that people are paying, right? But it was like, do we even have that conversation? They even know that was something that they, they need to be doing and really inspecting what you expect. Because I'm the world, I'm very good at delegating. I'm very bad at inspecting what I just got done delegating. But when you over delegate, like people can literally be burning your your business to the ground and you don't even realize it because you're not taking the time to go back and actually inspect what you expect. And uh, as we get further removed from the day-to-day -day operations, that's very easy to do. And then one day you wake up and you go, what the heck is going on in my building? I I've been there and it sucks. I heard, I heard back in the day that for anyone you hire, they've got to bring in 3x the revenue for what they're being paid. And it's interesting to look at it like that because whether it's a front desk person that you're paying, heck, out here in Cali, you know, like twenty dollars an hour, but but okay, are, is that director of first impressions bringing in sixty dollars an hour? Well, you better train them to be able to answer the phone and give a tour to to turn that that client into a member or into a a client who's receiving body work or um, doing one on one training sessions or getting the. The, the membership that they're going to be paying and that they're doing tasks that are going to help build that. Or if you're paying someone $75,000 uh, for a certain role, are they bringing at least three acts of, of that? Otherwise, you know, you better do your, your, your math and make sure you're not overpaying because I've been guilty with over hiring as well. Over hiring the sense of, man, all of a sudden your payroll is way out of whack and you're paying all these roles but the ROI isn't there, so you got to trim some fat sometimes. I do love the idea of playing one man down. That one man down mentality is, if you're a person short, guess what? We'll help this legion do the work. So yes, I believe in hiring and having the right people, but I think the mentality is, regardless how big, and I've worked with some of the, the largest brands uh, out there, is it's easy to spend money. It's easy to spend money. And when you spend money, you just have to make sure that 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 money that you're investing in is going to get an ROI, um, and hey, you could you could spend you could spend ten thousand dollars on ads, and if you're going to get two X or three X, fantastic, double down and do it again. But if 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 you ain't, you better cut the the, the bait real fast. I haven't always been great at cutting it because I I'm so loyal to my people. I'm like, man, it's going to turn around, and six months later, we've drained ourselves of thousands of dollars, sometimes more, and is that a problem of me not leading them or it's not the right person? That's the evaluation that comes in as a business owner, entrepreneur of, hey, how do we get to where we're going to go? Here's the vision. Here's what we want. 
And uh, this is the strategy and constantly adapting that strategy uh, to make sure that we can execute the end result. Yeah, I think big part of being a local small fitness business is like I, I think the last three years people have watched like corporate America and how they operate and a bunch of free money coming in and kind of gotten away from being, you know, small, nimble, resourceful. And, and that's really what we need to get back to. And I've, you know, I actually recently let some positions go because they were great people, like live core values, did all, but they just wasn't moving the the needle for the business and was just it ended up being an expense. Most people, if you hire correctly to what you just said, should should not be an expense to your business because they are making more than you pay them. But if you find yourself that, hey, I have this position and it's not bringing in revenue, then it ends up being a liability and you need to to be able to cut the liability. And to your point, I should have probably cut six months ago and I hung on. And you know, with that, it's, it's draining money every single month. Um, and it's not because they're not great people. It's not because they don't add value. It's just there wasn't a position for them anymore that made sense oh, yeah. for, for the business. And when you hit that, like, you know, being nice will put you out of business sometimes, right? And it's tough. It's a tough, tough line. So, like, I know you're all about people. I know you're all about valuing human beings and you're all about taking care of people. So, for you, how do you balance that? I think this will be a great question of like, Hey, we value people. Everybody's indispensable. We love them. We want to treat them like family. But sometimes there is business decisions that have to be made. And ultimately, sometimes there's not a position anymore because of the circumstances or due to business. How do you yeah. go about handling that and also not eroding the culture at your company? Because the second you let somebody go, there's only one guy that's the bad guy, and that's you. So how do you go about keeping <laughs> the, the culture... Oh. Uh, strong yeah. while also managing the the needs of the business. Yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing because you're so right. And I'm not great at this, Matt. I got to be honest with you. I'm not great at it because we have, I believe, out of our 25 employees, you still have 20, 42 before pandemic. We've down to 25, which is good. Rolling back on up on the Fitness Quest 10 side, not the TDE side, on the Fitness Quest 10 side, and um. Uh, when I say I'm not good at it is because I still don't like looking at the P&L statements. So the question would, the answer would be, make sure you have a good accountant or a good CFO that could actually give you reports to make sure you know what's going on and not, if you don't like it, I still, it's my responsibility to know what's going on with the P&L statements and what's working, what's not working and make any, any moves that need to be made business-wise that are going to put us in the best position to succeed. Because we have out of those 25 people, I believe it's 12 people have been with us 10 years or longer. And I believe there's six people who have been here for longer than 15 years. That's loyalty. That's trust over a long period of time. That being said, you got to make sure even if you don't love to do it, you do know what's going on. Because all I want to do sometimes is coach, train, speak. I want to speak and coach. I want to coach and speak. I love what I do. But at the same time, if 80% of my time is doing that, I've got to make sure that there's not a huge big windfall of cash going out the door and we're overpaying people that that have no no value in the sense of what's coming in that could all of a sudden leave you in a bad situation cash flow wise. So it's a it's a constant balance of that. Yeah, you got to stay in your wheelhouse of doing what you love, but you have to keep one eye also on making sure that it's trending in the right direction and that your strategy and vision also matches what with your purpose as well. So 
Todd, you know, you came and spoke to my team. You came and spoke to Matt's team. We're in California with you. And I know how competitive California is. And you're in San Diego, which is you throw a rock in any direction, you're going to land at the front door of a gym. And so <laughs> uh, what I wanted to ask you about that, in the time that, you know, you, you mentioned you opened the gym, you were doing the one-on-one model. You want to do body working. Is your model still set up in that way? Have you made changes since you opened? Have you made changes to the model since COVID? And if you can kind of share, like, what is the model of Fitness Quest 10? If someone were, you know, not aware of the of the gym or how you have it set up today, who do you serve? What kind of services do you got? Kind of just give an overview of that. Yeah. Well, it's certainly grown in 23 years, but our model actually is still pretty similar to how we started, yet bigger. Um, okay. Our cornerstones were always one-on-one training and massage therapy, body work, and we still have a huge one-on-one training or small group. Now it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of small group, but it's by appointment um, on that. And uh, because we have one shop, Fitness Quest 10 is a one shop operation. Um, I'd say it's old school in the sense of back then we just did one-on-one training. And the problem with that today is it's also very labor dependent on having great trainers and coaches, right? So, you know, we do have a lot of training uh, going on and we're fortunate to still attract a lot of trainers who want to do one-on-one coaching or semi-private training meaning there's two three four or five six um uh, clients in one session so we have the one-on-one training and the massage therapy and body work we do have pilates i started with pilates back in the day as well why because my wife then girlfriend was a pilates instructor so i said we got to have pilates um and we still have pilates and it's a um a part of our overall business the membership has grown we didn't have a membership in the beginning for the first six years we didn't have a membership when i grew that then three thousand square feet because we had expanded to an additional five thousand which made it for a total of eight thousand square feet i added um a membership well why well because it was a half a million dollar expansion and i was like we've got to make ten thousand dollars more a month so that we can just stay where we're at like we have to, we have to generate an additional ten thousand dollars a month because of the half a dollar expansion to stay even. So entrepreneurs, what do you have to think about? Okay, I got to make ten thousand dollars more a month. I can't just do what I'm doing. I've got to get outside the the box. And how am I going to create different ways to generate ten thousand dollars a month more? So that at that point, two thousand six, I said, all right, several ways. Number one, I'm going to create a a kind of a life coaching. I'm going to accept. 10 people only a thousand dollar a month clients and members from fitness quest 10 and i'm going to coach you outside of session and it's dollars a month and we're gonna do one-on-one live uh life coaching i had some systems developed from i was receiving life coaching and and that so i did that that was ten thousand dollars right there i sold it out in three months so we sold that out 10 people thousand dollars a month 2006 i started the mastermind less than six months later um and this was all on an index card which i'd set intentions and there were six intents I had. Um, I started a mastermind group. I got a uh, uh, an apparel sponsorship from Under Armour based on a fluke conversation that I had at the Pro Bowl when Drew Brees had made the Pro Bowl after ripping his shoulder out of his socket. Um, I had set that intention. Next, I know I'm talking to Kevin Plank, the CEO, founder of Under Armour. Um, I started this DVD series um, all about speed training um, and. I, I had six things. Anyway, the long story short is all of those things still exist today, uh, Dustin, as far as the model, 
But what I would say, we've gotten a little more sophisticated in how we deliver that. The one-on-one training, what I've found is almost come full circle after the pandemic. Some people's health is so jacked up that they want one-on-one training. And if you charge a premium for your one-on-one training, um, there's still, for those trainers who want to work one-on-one, there's still a uh, there's still a great path for those coaches and trainers to do that if you want to follow that. You're like, well, what would you what would you do in the future? Well, it depends what you want because if you want to be a great one-on-one trainer, you can make a good living. But like, well, you're trading dollars for hours. Well, you are. But if that's what you love to do, then do it. If that's what makes you happy, then do it. Don't follow. Well, it's group membership, so you get this and you got to follow this, and you can you know get three hundred members and it's you're going to generate three hundred thousand dollars whatever that is listen i think when you reverse engineer what you want what you love to do it's just a matter of create that value because people now value their their health and i'm not saying you you should be a one someone should be a one-on-one trainer or not what i'm saying is find out what you love to do and then build your business around that and uh, for me at fitness quest 10 we have done that it's still an expansion of the things we started 23 years ago um, and we still do a lot of one-on-one training, but our classes have grown. We'll have now, you know, 20, 30 people, our group classes. We do have membership under $50 a month. Um, and, and you know, we're going to have our, our membership has grown immensely because at first it was only, Hey, I'm accepting 30 members and then 50 members and now, you know, 150 members and it's okay. You know, we can support that with the facility we have. Um, but it has expanded and grown, but at the same time, it's one that has gotten a bit more sophisticated as well. I want to touch on the thing that you just said about actually doing what you enjoy doing. Uh, Alex Ramosi uh, recently said something. He's like, a lot of people say, hey, what can make me the most money? And that's what I'm going to go do. And he said, the problem with that is you're probably not going to put in the effort and the hours necessary yep. to actually be successful at that versus if you pick what you love, you will put in the time, the energy and the effort and become the best at doing that. And then eventually make the money. And I I believe that that to be so true because a lot of people chase, you know, maybe their favorite guru on the internet said, hey, don't do this. You need to be doing X, Y, and Z. But if you hate X, Y, and Z, one, you're going to be miserable. But two, you're probably not going to put in the hours required to be successful at it or you're going to be inconsistent. Anytime you try to do something you don't like to do, it is unless you've got the most amount of willpower and determination, like you're just not going to be consistent enough to, to be successful. And I, I think that's really important for a lot of people to hear is it's okay to chase what you love. Like, don't go do something that can't make any money, but you yeah. can be very successful at what you love doing. Yeah. Preach, preach. And that's hard to do because in today's social media era, when you're seeing what's going on and how much money you can make doing this or that, you're more likely to follow something like, Oh, if I do this and you're jumping around to different ideas versus really quieting the noise and saying, what, does my soul love to do? What makes my soul sing? Strip away all the noise. If I do this, I'm going to be not only happy and at peace with that, I believe I can make the most impact with that. So what is that? Well, I don't want to go down that route because I might not make any money or I might not be able to attract the clients that are going to pay me $250 an hour or $150 an hour or $500 an hour. And you start start thinking that scarcity mindset aspect of what am I great at? What would I like to design my business around? Whether it's a solopreneurship or whether you want to have a, a team or you want to scale your business and go from one facility to five or to 10 or a hundred or a thousand or 10,000, whatever it is. Um, 
I love that what Alex says because here's what I'm finding as well, Matt Dustin is oh, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm burnt out. Yes, all of us have been there and we've all experienced that in some way. But sometimes the exhaustion is because we're chasing the wrong thing. We're chasing the wrong thing. Why was it in year 2000, man? I was going seven days a week and I wasn't exhausted and burnt out because it's what you just said, Matt. It was a lot simpler then. And it was just help people, help people, help people, train people, change their lives. And as it gets complicated and more complex, you start getting busier and busier and more torn in all different directions. And it's easier to get burnt out and exhausted and like, man, I got no juice left. Well, that's why we have to make sure that we stay uber focused on that North Star, that we're focused on the thing that is going to allow us to make our souls sing. And when we can do that, we're more likely, forget the success thing, uh, that's where we find the more significance because that's where we feel like, man, I'm serving my purpose. This is where I feel like contentment. This is where I feel I'm at peace with what I'm doing. That's what we're really all seeking. Yes, the, the financial aspect is important, but the financial aspect is the end result. Hey, money is energy. Money is energy. So how do you create this energy is we got to make sure our energy is right. So if we're always exhausted and burnt, listen, we, we've all been there. Again, I want to acknowledge that. Me too. Man, sometimes it takes a calibration or a recalibration of our energy to make sure that we're truly on our North Star so we can serve the people we're supposed to serve in the manner we're supposed to serve, in the model we're supposed to serve, and then let things proliferate as they're designed to do. I think that's massively impactful, and I'd love to kind of go a little bit deeper on that. So. Mm -hmm. Back to the day when we were all grinding, like, I i mean, I remember four o'clock in the morning, I was doing one on, like, literally meeting with people one-on-one, -on -one, going to bed at 10 o'clock, repeat. But when I look back, those were some of my most favorite days in the entire world. And I think a big part of that was because I was present and all I cared about was what I was doing, like, literally, like, that day or the next day, right? There was not a look into the future and where did I want to be? Because, you know, really now you start creating this gap between where you are today and where you want yep. to go. And in between that gap, for most people, is massive frustration. So I think sometimes allowing yourself to be in the present moment, right. even if you're not quite, you, you, there's a big distance between where you want to be, right? Oh. But the minute that you start thinking about where you want to be and you're not living in the present moment, that gap is going to cause frustration and that gap is going to cause you to to not be happy anymore and i even see that with team members like i've personally told my team stop trying to set goals with team members that don't want goals all we are doing is creating a gap in their life that they didn't have before so all we actually did was create this massive frustration like if we start talking to them about hey how much money you want i'm like hey what's the next thing you want to do and they just got hired to be a coach and now you're talking about what's the next thing you want them to do like all we're doing is creating a gap that creates yeah. frustration so that is unnecessary. So true. And hey, if you're in the gap right now, anyone, if they're in the gap, realize the gaps are where we make the gain, right? That book, The Gap in the Gain, the gaps are where we do our soul searching. The gaps are actually when you feel some pain and you you you, you don't know if you're going to make payroll or you don't know if you can pay the bills. You you start to say, okay, well, how do I do things differently? Sometimes when you're, when you're in the gain and, and your things are going uh, real fluidly, you get a little soft, you get a little complacent, and, and you take the foot off the accelerator a little bit. The gap sometimes actually, if you do the soul search and allows you to, to make the changes that are necessary. And never understood the question in 2006, but they need that just won the NFL MVP. He says, Todd, what's next? 
So what do you mean, what's next? Let's run this thing back. Let's go. Let's do it again. What he was really saying is, we worked for three years hard to, to, to get this accolade. And we did it. We got it. And you're at the top of the mountain? What, what, what do I go from here? I've achieved everything I wanted. What do I do? And I didn't understand it then. I, I was like, let's go. Well, I, I know even in my self-reflection during the pandemic, 20, 2020 to 2022, my own reinvention project myself, that I came face to face with that same question. Like, what's next? Like, I have achieved a lot of things I set out to do. So how do you shift and make some changes to step into a deeper self and to make those changes that are necessary? So if you're in a gap, don't fret, don't worry. Do the dirty work, the hard work on yourself that it can make you better. The gap can actually be a, a time to grow if you're willing to grow through it and roll up the sleeves and look at it and make the changes. And some of them are going to be tough. Like you have to release some people like you did it, Matt. And those people are people you liked or you have to change the model because it's no longer working the way you thought it was going to work or you got to release a program or add a program um, on that. But so different. I've, I've gone through the same gaps before in my life. And, um, and in so many ways, we hate going through them. They're hard. They're painful. They're sleepless nights. And then when you look back, you're like, man, why is always the gap that allowed you to make that springboard ahead to what the next step and phase of is in your life or your business? Now, like that. No, that's that's super powerful. Sometimes though, we play the gap by looking at what everybody else is doing, right? And create a Bro. comparison gap, which then also ca causes that frustration, which I'm sure some people do when they look at that's what you accomplished. Now, going back to your business model, what does your current staffing structure look like? Obviously, you know, you just talked about how you're not necessarily in the day-to-day -day operations. So what does your current staffing structure look like and, and maybe a little bit insight of why you picked that staffing structure? Well, part of my own reinvention was during the pandemic, I felt like I was being called to go even deeper myself. And I brought in a business partner, Jeff Bristol, who's doing an amazing job um, leading and running Fitness Quest 10 because, again, and this is as a man of faith, I was going deeper in my own walk of how can I, my, my whole mission is I want to, I want to impact 10 million people. I want to impact 10 million people. That's, that's what I want to do. 80% of my time at Fitness Quest 10, I love doing, but I, I felt like I couldn't get to where I wanted to go. So what I did was by bringing in Jeff and to really focus just on FQ 10, um, to, to go deeper with our structure. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm still leading. I'm still doing all those things as the founder. Um, but in our 25 you know, people now, our structure has always been, well, since 2005 when I made some changes. All employees, they're not contractors. We have employees, 401k, health benefits, um, a great benefits plan because I've always believed in how can we help someone create a career, not just a job. So um, and part of that structure now is we have full-time and part-time people um, in, in various different, um, quote, departments. Right? We have training, we have Pilates, we have, um, you know, in the, in the group classes, um, and we have all of our administration. So we have full-time and part-time folks in that. And, um, depending on their roles or depending on whether, you know, their salary or, or they're getting percentage of sessions or a little bit of both. One of the ways we've been able to keep people and grow people is to incentivize them and give them roles and titles. Director of sports performance, Ryan Rogers has been with me for 20 
two years um, on that has grown into while he still trains, he's our director of internships and mentorships and oversees that whole program. So we've had a lot of director's roles where they're actually getting a a percentage of what's coming in revenue-wise for their programs um, and incentivizing them in other ways as well. So um, one thing that Jeff's done a great job uh, in, in really executing is in that EOS model too, like you, Matt, in, in making sure that um, we can execute that and um, follow on from an operational standpoint um, so that uh, we can continue to grow. So Todd, I guess the question for you is, if you were starting from scratch today, like you were starting a brand new gym, um, you know, again, talk to the gym owners that are going to be going from being a one-on-one trainer and taking the leap. What advice would you give them? Would you still choose the same model you're doing today? What you would advise somebody else? Because I think sometimes we advise other people better than we take our own advice. What, what, what I'm doing now, I wouldn't advise exactly doing the, what I'm doing now because it's 23 years of right? Branching into that. But I would start with this and I'm going to start a little bit of high level, but it goes back to what we're just talking about is what do you want in life? What do you want in life? What is it? My question would be the impossible dream in business and life would be impossible unless dot, dot, dot. Repeat that. The impossible dream in business and life would be impossible unless dot, dot, dot. So whatever that model is, like whatever that is, is it seems impossible sometimes if you want to, uh, it's impossible to generate $500,000 or a million dollars or $2 million. No, it is possible. It's impossible unless dot, 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 fill in the blank. What, what, what do you need to do to get to where you want to go financially, personally, relationally in life or business? So Here's what I would say in advising someone on what do you want in life and what model would I recommend is what do you want in life and what brings you the most joy? What are your what's your divine uniqueness and what are your gifts? And how do we make sure that whatever you're divinely uh however you're divinely unique, um, me, mindset coach. My God, I love coaching. I was coaching this morning. I, I, I had an 83-year-old pastor who I gosh, I love I love training him, hands on the knees, firing him up, best is yet to come. Um, as much as I love training an NFL athlete. And and for me, it's body, mind, soul. So you want to impact someone just with, in their body, the training or the mindset or the, the soul side, whatever that means to you on an energetic side. So what I would say in advising someone is, what is the model that you have? What do you want to do on that? Well, they're going to ask, well, should it be just a group coaching model because you can scale because you only need five, you know, five, group instructors. I don't know. It depends on what you want to do because if you love one-on-one training and you're doing group training, then you're going to hate it and your energy is not going to come through as if it was as you love to do. So if you were to say, hey, what's the model that works? I'd say the model that where you're best at is based on if you could take whatever the gifts that you you have that you love to do and see where the puck is going is. People are like, one-on-one's dead. Are you kidding me? You can make a multi-million dollar business. You could. Um, by taking whatever the gifts you have and it's impossible unless dot 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 oh you mean you also want to do life coaching life yeah because guess what you could charge you could have five clients and charge them $100,000 a year what yeah because I'm 
if, if that's what you want to do and that's what you're great at, your training could be more than just the body. It could be part of it, but it could be, and I'm going to, I'm going to take five people or 10 people and I'm going to charge you X. Well, I can't do that. Well, then that's the limiting mindset that we got to shift and change. If you say you want to make a million dollars and you only want X amount of the client, that's one model versus I want to scale my model. I really want to get 500 gym. Okay. Then let's figure out how to create that model. That's going to get 500 gyms because you want to be a leader and you want to put your pixie dust all over, you know, 500 entrepreneurs, that's different. So it really starts is, to me, it's going to start very, very um, personal. Of what do you want out of life? And let's reverse engineer what you love to do. What are your gifts? Um, what's worked well for you? Where do you see it going? And then let's figure out a way for what you're doing of how you're going to get there. And if we're just, if we're consulting or going through that is, what's that model look like? What does it look like? Is it is it a, is it a model... Like maybe if I was doing it, it's going to have body, mind, soul in it. It's going to have life coaching. In it. It's going to have it's going to have everything that's going to address people. When I look out here in the world, a world that's hurting, the answer is, well, what are the biggest problems that exist in the world today? Obesity, depression, mindset, apathy, lethargy, all these things. Well, how can I be the solution to that? And I can find ten billion people to go to go solve their problems and charge a dollar. I could I, I could get you know. A thousand people and charge less. I get one person, whatever that is. Figure out what you love to do, and then go do it. I think we all all know somebody in every style, somebody doing seven figures in every type of gym model. Um, obviously, part of it for me is like, are you the best at what you do? And and Tom Bailey says this. He said, "There's always room for the best, right?" Always. So like, if you're the best at what you do, it's irregardless of the model. There is, you're going to be super successful. But again, if you're just doing something to, to make money, most likely you're never going to to be the best at doing that and you're going to burn out um, and you're never going to provide what's needed to to be the best and, and be able to be super successful. How do you attract the person that you want to work with? I mean, if you're, if you're, a, if you're going to charge a high ticket and, you're, and you want to attract the people that you want to work with, well, then you've got to put that energy out there where you are the best and you're showing up as your best because if you are stale, tired, exhausted, burnt out, then people are going to sense that in the way you come across. And they're probably not going to hire you to work with you at $50 an hour, $100 an hour, $500 an hour, $2,000 an hour, $10,000, whatever it is, do the math. But you've got to show up as your best and you've got to help people down that journey that they want to get to. And there's a lot of people making a lot of money doing stupid things. <laughs> yes. No, that's the truth. There's a lot of money out there. And in the training mindset, this is what irritates me. One thing that makes me mad is we we sometimes, man, we trainers are in that mindset even where I, how I grew up with the youngest of eight kids, mom and dad were divorced, lunch ticket kid. Like money is, money is this thing that we have this weird issue with of we're not deserving, we're not worthy, or we should be making, you know, it's, it's a $60,000 a year job or 50 or 80, but like it's not like, hey, you should be making millions of dollars doing what you're doing. Why not? If you're changing lives, then how do we say th this is one of the most important careers, industries that are out there today because we can affect everything, body, mind, and soul. So to me, there's a lot of problems that there exist in the world today. It's a dark world. We're one of the few professions that actually can make the difference in transforming lives. So got to figure out what gifts you have that can be the solution to all those problems. Yep. You, you will sell it to the level of your conviction, right? So if you're not convicted on 
your product and the solutions that you provide and the help that you're providing people. And obviously with trainers, a lot of them, uh, I always say that they buy out of their pocketbook, right? Or like, guys, you're not a hundred pounds overweight and it's not having massive effects on your life. So you can never understand why somebody would pay you three, four, five hundred, a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars a month to solve that problem because you don't have that problem. But you also have to believe that you're worth that much money because if you don't believe you're worth it, then you will never be able to sell it because you don't think it's worth that exchange of value, right? And that's all it is, Absolutely. is an exchange of value. And at the end of the day, we all know who provides the most value makes the most amount of money. So if you feel like you're not making enough money, then you're not providing enough value to people's lives. Uh, next question for you. Go ahead. Well, one second. I just want to make sure I'm going to, I'm going to talk to someone here. Make sure you're enjoying the process of what you're going through to try to figure all this out. Because sometimes you pull your hair out, right, Dustin? <laughs> and I'm losing hair out. too if anyone wants to see. I'm trying to figure this out. Every single day, I want to remind you coaches and trainers, every day, every day there's something good that happens in your world, in your life. Even me, sometimes you beat yourself up and you're like, man, I should be here. It, 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 I should be doing this. How do I connect the dots? And you get frustrated that it's taking longer than you want or you don't have the money that you want or whatever it may be. I just want to remind you because you're listening to this show that you are a believer in personal growth and development and that you know there's more in the tank than what you're already doing. Is just make sure you stop every day to... to Make a check of the things that are in your life that we're grateful for because that allows us to stay really balanced of where we're at today and not get angst and anxiety inside of us of what we don't have yet. Yet. It will come and it will. It, it, it seems to never happen as fast as we want, but every day there's good things happen. There's connections that you have with a client or a member that are beautiful and conversations that happen that are earth shattering and and will change the trajectory of someone's family or you instill belief in someone. This is really, really important. And that's a beautiful thing. And we don't ever want to lose it because we're so busy focused on what's coming down the pike in six months or a year or three years. And we lose what's beautiful today. And I think that's one of the things that's important that we're missing today is because we're always wondering what's next and what's where am I going next? Yeah, that is important. I love doing that but not at the expense of today's piece of your own self and protecting that piece inside of you that you're doing good every day. Even when sometimes you're beating yourself up that you're not, you are and trainers, coaches, I'm, I'm, this is me. If I don't stop and do that, I'm guilty as anybody else of saying, man, feeling sorry for myself. Well, why, why does this happen faster? Why are I impacting this many people? And you're like, what TD? What's it? Yes. So it's like, Slow down enough to know whatever, whatever stage you're at right now is just count your blessings of the things that are happening, the people in your life. Whether you have one client or one person that shows up at the class or 10 or 100, this is where you're at today. It's where you're supposed to be. But knowing that tomorrow, if you follow that path, you're going to continue down that path until the day we die. Until the day we die, we're on this journey of that. And sometimes we're always chasing what's next that we lose sight of what we have right now, small business, no business, big business, but it's all part of the process. And I just felt, Matt, that someone needed to hear that, man, wherever you're at today, it's where you're supposed to be at today. And tomorrow will be beautiful as well. But if you can just write a few things down with gratitude in the morning and the evening, 
watch how it shifts your energy and watch how it changes the way you show up and that you're happy and content with where you're at, even though you know that there's another, another thing soon to come. Hey, gym owners, Dustin here, and I'm excited about the Fitness Empire Mastermind because Matt and myself are giving you everything you need to be successful in the fitness business. We have weekly coaching calls for gym owners. We have monthly calls for your team, your coaches, your managers, everybody's invited. We have all of our resources, checklists, guides, PDFs, systems, all downloaded in there, and it's to help you build a scalable business, something that can operate without you so that you can move on and look at other things that you're interested in. You can have time for hobbies. You can have time with your family. These are the things that Matt and I have developed. We're both absentee owners that are not in the day-to-day -day operations of our business, and we can guide you exactly on how to do it as well. So if that's something you're interested in, go to fitnessempiremastermind.com, click the link, and we'll see you on the inside. 100%. Um, it's one of those things that our job as leaders is to be the chief reminding officer. So I'm, I'm positive someone need to hear that message, but somebody need to be reminded of that message and probably could be reminded of that message every single day. Moving on to the next question. I'm very curious on this because obviously I consider you a leader of leaders in the fitness space. You have a mastermind, you do coaching. You're working with gym owners all the time. So with that, you're going to hear their frustrations and their real frustrations, the stuff they're not putting on on social media, right? The, the real stuff. What would you say if you could isolate the number one problem you see gym owners struggling with today? What would that be? Burnout. Burnout. Burnt. They're burnt. They're tired. Exhausted. Doing everything. I, I, I work with a lot of fitness business owners and entrepreneurs. And uh, what, I, what I see is great people, some of the most passionate souls in the world and struggling because I get enough time off or not working up on themselves or they're, they're, they can't find enough good people and they're, and they're fried. Um, if, if that is someone listening today, they're, they're just like their own confidence is waned is number one, to permit yourself to make sure you get some time off. This is important to you get your mellow yellow time, get your time off. Um, and don't ever stop dreaming. You got to have a dream. I just hosted a retreat as I'm recording this with you guys. It just wrapped up a three-day retreat um, with my coaching groups. And it's amazing to me how some people, even fitness business forget to dream. Dreams keep us alive. I don't know what your dream is. It doesn't have to be you can do a business. It could be a dream to go to Italy, a dream to someday own your condo or home or to have a second home where one guy in my in the retreat, this as we see, he's got his eyes on a, a multi-million dollar beautiful home and he's working his tail off for a night. That's what it, like whatever your dream is, your dream is going to invoke some motion. So you want to make sure you continue to dream, um, but that's going to entail you taking even better care of yourself and living those habits. So I think that the the for all of us, the thing that can really rob us of of uh, being the man or woman we're we are supposed to be is our energy gets shot and you are so tired. You're so burnt that you're not leading the way you want. Your team is not happy with you. You're not sharing your mission, your vision, your core values. You're not living by them. And it just becomes an average business. And then you're wondering why you're just meeting payroll if that, or you're living paycheck to paycheck and you can't become profitable. It starts with you. It's going to be, it's up to me. We got to make sure that our energy is where we want it. And that sometimes is a battle into itself, but without our energy, we don't have anything. 
And I think that's where being able to tap into groups and tap into leadership and, and be able to have somebody pour into you is incredibly important. And I feel like sometimes when we are burnt out, we kind of, we retreat, right? And we kind of just uh, become a lesser version of ourselves. But it's also like, what is the meaning that you're attaching to? It? And this has been massive for me because the meaning dictate our thoughts, our beliefs, and our feelings, which creates our state, our state drives our actions, our actions drive the results that we have in life, right? So even if you're maybe struggling with, uh, actually on our last mastermind call, we had a team member, he's like, all my team is out and I've had to run every single session and I'm I'm handling it so well in the past, that would have burned me out and that would have frustrated me. The only thing that changed was he created different meaning about his team being out, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I would encourage our listeners to do is what's the meaning that you're attaching to whatever it is that you feel is causing you burnout? Most likely you're attaching a negative meaning, which then creates negative thoughts, negative beliefs, negative feelings. And at the end of the day, you get to believe whatever you want to believe, right? So you can create a positive meaning, you can create a negative meaning, and that is going to create your state. But in order to really stay on top of that, you got to be intentional. Yep. Being intentional about creating positive states. And it's not easy to do when it feels like everything around you is burning down. And then the other thing that ends up happening when you go into that retreat mode, it's like your vision just gets more narrow and more narrow and more narrow. And there's solutions that are so easily found that you just simply can't see because you are so stressed out, right? It's like when your your blood pressure gets so high, you barely can barely can see. And that's what ends up happening when people start reaching that burnout. And the other thing is they don't ask for help. The help, the help is there. I've had, I've been on coaching calls with a few people and I'm like, your problem is so obvious, so obvious, but you can't see it because you literally aren't seeing outside of this very narrow focus. So I feel like being able to tap into groups, ask mentors for help, uh, which sometimes is really, really hard to do and have the courage to do that. But the help is there. There is a solution to your problem, but you got to be willing uh, to seek it. Is there anything you want to add on to that one, Todd? Man, just there's there's so much juice in that, Matt. I think that you're right on. I think when it comes to to burnout, which all of us have experienced at one time or another, just realize this, there's opportunity in burnout as well. Because when you can recalibrate your habits and you can um, sometimes even change the way you're delivering uh, things, it's just a way for you to take a litmus test of, when I say it's all about energy, is through your burnout, through this, how do you keep a team motivated and inspired if you're shot? You can't. So when you said, what's one of the biggest pain points in the industry? The easy answer for me would have been staffing. I hear all that. I can't find good people. I'm like, could you play sexy enough? Why would someone want to go work for you? You're, you're crabby. You're always just telling people to do your bossy. So when you ask, what's the biggest problem? I would, the easy answer would be staffing. You can't find good trainers. Yeah, because maybe what? Maybe you're so burnt that you, you're like, why would someone want to come work for you? Like, give me a reason, three reasons why. Someone, you are the talk of the town, why people are ser searching you out and seeking you to come work at your studio. Like, you got to be sexy enough to say, man, she's on fire. He's on fire. I want to work there because of that, 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 fill in the blank. Do the work. And then, then they have the, the audacity to say, I can't come to that meeting or retreat or show up. I have to make the money because I'm, I'm dying. No, no, no. I get that. I understand that. And I've been there too is you have to take the time away 
to get away, and if that means getting on a plane and taking three days off to do it, is now all of a sudden you get blown with an idea or you're around a bunch of fire-breathing dragons. I don't care if it's 25, 50, or 100 people, and you get, you have an idea. That's going to ignite not only your energy, but possibly some really groundbreaking thought processes and and strategic decisions that can be made to make the change necessary for you to recapture your own health. Then you become sexy enough to people like attractive enough to want to come work with you. Right? So I don't know. I just, I, I think the energy thing, I'm an energy guy. And if I've ever been where I'm burnt and tired, I got to be careful. I don't lose people too. And I'm like, well, why would someone want to come work for me and with me? Like I, I better have some good stuff going on and give them that mission that they can get behind because energy is everything. And I just keep coming back to that is we got to make sure that we're, we have businesses that are attractive, that people, I don't care if it's trainers or clients and members, they want to come to the light. Come to the light. You're, you're not going to solve your problems in the same place that you created them in often. Preach. Right? And there's, ma- there's magic getting on. The- My best ideas have come on airplanes. Right? They, they actually have studies showing like you actually think a lot different at like when you're on the airplane. But with that, like the whole world can't get at you. Like you're you're able to disappear. Oftentimes the Wi-Fi doesn't work, right? You're not distracted by your phone. And and that's really when you can really be reflective 100%. on your business. And I know you're a big like at your retreats and stuff, being able to take time to reflect and be able to be intentional, but also be refilled. And I, I think that's so important. So a lot of gym owners when they are struggling or maybe finances aren't there, they're like, I can't afford to join a mastermind. I can't afford to go to this retreat. I can't afford to go to this conference. And in reality, we all know that you can't afford not to because the the value of doing those things are going to have a massive ROI. But oftentimes when you talk to a gym owner, they're like, well, what's the ROI? They want this guaranteed ROI. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back in life is they want guarantees before they move, yeah. right? And it's yeah. you can't have that guarantee, right? So- um, I, no. I think the encouragement is get around people that are going to fill you up, that are going to be able to see your blind spots and be able to see the things that maybe you can't see right now. And, and the return on that is going to be absolutely massive. But the question is, what if you don't do that and you keep being burnt down, you keep doing the same old, same old, like what does your life look like six months from now, 12 months from now? If you don't invest in a little bit of money to get outside of your your current circumstances, mm. so good, so good, Matt. Absolutely uh, right. I, I had a question for you because we've been doing a lot of reflection and looking back, but I want to like change gears and look forward. <laughs> so now, with the way things are changing in the fitness industry, and you know, you definitely were speaking to me when you said go back to your roots because I started and I love semi-private, the small group, and and. I eventually moved towards boot camp because I wanted, I thought more people at a lower price membership, I'd be able to impact more. And then when COVID came in, you know, we're all kind of bringing up different times. We reset our thinking. I wanted to go back to what I love and it was small group. And it's like, that's how I want to impact the world. And so I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, kind of move in that direction, which is pretty cool. But if you were talking to a gym owner, you know, which you are, that's our main audience here. And you're talking about the future what's going to happen here in the next one to three years. What are, what are you seeing? What are you seeing trend wise? What are you thinking they should be prepping for? Where do you think they should be putting their energy 
to not only to protect their business, but to get it prepared for future growth based on where we're going as a country, whether it's regarding technology, trends, however you see it. But what are you kind of seeing coming up in the fitness industry in the next one to three years? I'll rapid fire this. I do I do think group training will still be great. Why? Because people need camaraderie and a community. It's a little less expensive than one-on-one training, which I personally love one-on-one training. I still do it. I still love it. But from a model perspective, group training I think is still good because of the people need the camaraderie um, that they didn't get in in the pandemic and they recognize that. And if there is uh, some sort of a further recession, but you know things get tight, it's going to be uh, more affordable than one-on-one training, even though people always be able to afford uh, their health. So I do, I do think that group training is still in, uh, is going to be important in the future. Uh, recovery, recovery in general. I don't love recovery models by themselves. I love it as part of a latch on to fitness. Why? Because man, <laughs> I say all the time is you know movement is medicine and motion is lotion. Uh, movement is medicine, lotion, lo- lotion. You got to move. When you move, it gets the body going, it gets the soul going. Then you do your journaling and then you do the writing and then you you go get some recovery work. And, and whether recovery work is manual therapy, whether that's massage therapy, FST, stretching, that stretch flow, whatever the, the type of hands-on, um, or if it's going to be some technology and there's all forms of technology, we even integrate it here at Fitness Quest 10, I do think recovery is part of the future because the amount of stress that people are under and our parasympathetic nervous systems do need um, more stimulation so that with all of the anxiety and depression and that going on, breath work, yin work is going to be very, very important. When I say touch therapy, interesting enough, I'm talking manual physical touch. As coaches and trainers, a pat on the back, uh, a handshake, a hug. Um, I actually did my graduate thesis course on the physiological and psychological effects of massage therapy on stress and anxiety in 1999. Little did I know that 20 years later, there'd be a pandemic where you can't touch people. Kids these days, and I got a 20, 18, and 15-year-old, um, they don't know how to touch. They, I mean, they haven't been, they don't, they're like, they, heck, adults, they don't touch. Touch is a very important thing. Skin's the largest organ of the body. So, Fit pros, make sure you're touching a high five, a yep. hug uh, on it. It's very, very important. There's a physiological hormonal response that happens when we touch. That's That doesn't get talked about in textbooks or mastermind groups. Touch people. It's a really, really important. And forget fitness for a second. Your spouses, your lovers, um, hold their hand. Like, like, hug them more. Like, that's a really missing element even prior to the pandemic, but then people got all weirded out with touch. God, we need to touch people more. So the recovery side, and then the other aspect where it's going, so absolutely group, reco- uh, recovery side, and touch. Um, and the, the part that I'm really excited about, the, the no doubt the training, no doubt the recovery, also to me, the life coaching. Um, I've got I'm really behind it so much to the point that I literally just developed the whole life coaching program. And I believe that one of the best things that one could do now is work out, train, take care of your health, and then help people even deeper beyond just the body and the health. But there's a lot of transition going on with people in their different seasons of life. And as career shifts and people want to go into either become a trainer or to become a life coach, 
Um, I do believe that gyms will have the opportunity to um, use life coaching as part of their program. And instead of charging $100 or $100 or $200 a month, you can charge $500 to $1,000 a month in life coaching and literally have a system that change people's lives in all aspects, body, mind, soul, and life. To me, that's what I'm really after. I think it's going there. Yeah, AI is going to be important. Yes, technology is going to be important, but nothing at the, the, the when it comes to the human touch points of how do we help people evolve, shift into the best version of themselves. I think it's that. It's funny. Uh, just you're, you're you're hitting so many things, Todd. The other day, I was out with my kids. We were looking at Halloween decorations, and a guy looked like he was motioning for me to fist bump with him. So I went to fist bump him, and he recoiled and he moved his hand quickly. And he kind of like was like pointing for he's like no i just wanted to say cool shirt and he was like recoiling from me and i was just like you know he was just like a younger kid and i was like what the yep. heck like you're afraid to fist bump with me like what what's going on and i, I do think and, uh, it's huge because also people who are overweight sometimes feel like they're unlovable or they're got- not worthy of touch um and non-sexual touch you know it's just like i'm not worthy of a hug until i get fit I'm not worthy of being touched. And so now, you need to tell them, I love you the way you are. You're now you're we're all, juices, you are. juices. Because what does that lead to? That leads to relationship problems. That leads to unhappy marriages. That leads to divorce. That leads to financial strain. All this stuff is, wait, wait, what? All because, yeah, yeah. Because we have a communication problem. Look at the kids in the phones, right? Like when you look at kids in phones and they're not to communicate. So, wait, all from we can help us with fitness? Yup, yes, we can. I do believe it because when we train and we get our minds right and we pour into someone and ignite belief in a young kid or a man or a woman and we talk about this and it that is good and I don't care how much you weigh, it, you're not your weight or you're not your fat knee or your fat back. We've talked about this, Dustin. And you're a soul. You're a spirit. You're an energy. And how you got to fall in love with yourself first before you can love someone else. We This is the art of communication. And that's what coaches do. Now, Dustin, you're firing me up. <laughs> and then take that to the next level we just did a, a talk um with our mastermind group to the coaches and one of the things too is just being willing to give people a genuine compliment yes right so like taking somebody give them a side hug and be like dude you're freaking crushing this workout like i always say too if you can compliment effort right because everyone can be complimented on, on effort like even if you're you know super overweight and you can't do what everyone else is you're still working your ass off you still can compliment people but like even I told people like the level to compliment people needs to freaking go down in this world. Like everyone wants people to like lose 50 pounds or accomplish something incredible where it's like just even in a workout, them not giving up on an exercise, being able to go and acknowledge their effort and compliment people makes a massive difference because they're not getting that anywhere else. I feel like the whole world is like just beating people down. And if we can be the place that lifts everybody up, and not making it so hard for somebody to be seen and heard uh, when they walk through our doors. So how do we slow down the inside enough to make sure that we can be aware of when someone's giving great effort, that we actually are aware of that? Because what happens is we're also busy in our minds and our to-do list and what we have to get done. If we're going through the process and you're there, but you're not always really there, how can you be so uber focused and present in the moment and then now that you do actually see the extra grunt, groan, sweat, effort that someone's putting forth, whether it's a modified push-up, a squat holding onto the TRX straps or whatever it may be, so that you can acknowledge them and praise them. 
leaders with your teammates who are grinding and actually we find what's not working in that. We find out what they're doing wrong and why this constantly irks you versus finding what is right. Well, the last I checked, no one ever quit Fitness Quest 10 because they told me that I praise them or acknowledge them too much. <laughs> they, I'm quitting. You acknowledge me and praise me too much. Never, yeah. ever. In 23 years has anyone ever done that. And people can't get enough of the acknowledgement and praise. Matt, and how, my, my, my thought is, is how do you do it? We have to slow down our insides enough to be to recognize that. I've always said this with the great athletes. Good players can speed a game up. Great players can slow it down. The greatest on the earth can slow the pace and tempo of the game down. So my whole thing is, how can I slow the pace on the inside down so I can actually go and dictate the tempo and pace of, of, of a session or a keynote session I'm giving or a call or a podcast? Like, how can we actually slow things down enough to think and be aware of what the heck's going on versus just thinking of what, what's next, what's next, what's next, which actually propels its own anxiety because we're always living forward and not in the now. That makes sense. Deep, I know, but yep. it's it, it comes back to praise and acknowledgement. And we all, moms and dads, parents, could do a better job of just acknowledging the kid's effort to do whatever they're doing versus finding what's wrong and why Johnny struck out for the third time in a game or, you know, why he's not fast enough and telling the coach at seven years old, you know, that he, he's not, he doesn't have good form and speed. Like the thing, like acknowledge the fact that the effort is going to help lead to the end results. All right. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong here. Cause uh, you're the goat. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest things that, that you do in life, everything you do, Todd, you're intentional about how do I want to make people feel, right? So if you're giving them a presentation, how do I want to make you feel? If I'm running a session, how do I want to make them feel? If I'm in their presence, I'm doing a one-on-one, and I'm talking to that person, how how much intention do you go into about making people feel? Or is that just something that you know, you're naturally gifted with and you don't put a ton of time and energy into that? And the reason I ask is because Again, I, I think one of the things when people get around you, you're just like you feel so different that you just touch them deep in their soul. And it doesn't matter what it is. It, again, it could be a workout. I've experienced a workout with you, experienced a keynote. I've experienced one-on-one talks with you. About, like everything that you do is about like you just leave, you know, better and you're feeling good. And it just feels like you're super intentional about that. But how much effort and energy do you put into that? That's a deep question. Um, you said it earlier, I believe that I put myself around some really, really special people. And I do believe that all of us have to surround ourselves with people who make us better. And I am intentional about who I surround myself with because who I'm around uh, a lot, even of whom I train affects what's coming in. But I also have systems that I use in my morning routine and what I study and what I read that affect who I am as a man and as a dad and as a husband and as a coach, a trainer, leader, the things that I do. Pretty disciplined in in that, but I think most importantly, Matt, I'm a man of faith and I am not perfect. I am not perfect. Let me, let me be that clear. And I, I'm not comfortable with that word goat because I'm far from where I want to be. Um, I do pray in the mornings that I could show up and that one person today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna impact one person. Today. I don't know who it's gonna be, but today, 
please put me in front of someone that needs to hear my voice or hear my message. I don't care if it's on a podcast. I don't care if it's on an Instagram story, Instagram post, at the gym, in a keynote, uh, with something. that I, I just I want to just one day today impact that one person. And that's my prayer always that God will work through me and that I will show up with the energy that I, is needed because I'm not always cray-cray like in a workout or that. I feel like, oh, man, sometimes I'm not. If I'm in a session that's deep, in conversation, it might mean just being a great listener and listening and then giving some wisdom that sometimes comes through me um, on that. But I believe that comes from intentional prayer in the morning and and praying about that and praying to have the energy and strength. There's days I don't know if I always got it and then it always somehow comes out. Um, and I think that's what I would say on that is Please put in front of me someone today that needs some hope, needs some motivation, inspiration, um, or that needs some wisdom to with where they're at today, they can glean some of that so that today and tomorrow they have hope. I'll end with this on that. Um, when you look at the five love languages, um, that book is a great book. I'm a, I'm a words of affirmation. So when someone says something or I get a DM or an email back of, hey, coach, you saved me today or you made a difference in my life. I need one of those a day to keep me going. And like whether that's good or bad, because we all have these different gifts and um, I need those every now and then that say, okay, I'm on the right path of just changing one life at a time. Even though my mission is I want to reach 10 million people, someone listen to this podcast, uh, Matt or Dustin, and, and, and find something that one of you said or that I said that said, hey, I needed to hear that today or later on in a training session. Um, wherever it may be. So is it intentional? I think it just has become part of my my routine and ritual of what I do. But for me, it always starts in prayer and saying, man, I don't know how sometimes I'm going to get through a day with, with, with what I have to do, but give me the strength to be present in every conversation so that I'm when with you. I look you in the eye. My heart and soul are with you and my head is not somewhere else. So right now during this podcast, there's nothing else that matters than this conversation that we're having and um, that's intentional. That's concerted. That's that's I guess um, something that I've tried to become better at. But that's that's what I would say. And I I think it's it's one of your superpowers, right? And it's the, it's why it's why you're special, and it's why so many people are attracted to you. But that that goes full circle. And the reason why I asked you that question is because to me that is the number one separator of are you going to have a world class gym or not have a world class gym mm -hmm. is how intent because it's got to go beyond you know, Todd Durkin, right? You got 25 team members. If only Todd Durkin makes people feel good when they walk through the doors and is intentional about how we make people feel, then your business is only good as how often is Todd Durkin in the building, right? So for our team, like keeping them super intentional about our job is to make people feel good and then giving them the tools of this is how you do it because a lot of them don't do it naturally. But the other thing I want to touch base on is what you just said is when you're at your best, you're making it about other people. Yeah. When you are at your best, you're intentional about making it about other people. And I find that when people burn out, usually it's when we start making things about us. Preach. Right. When I'm at my best and I feel great, like my best days uh, in the last year where we had some staffing issues and I had to actually go back into the trenches for the first time in like five years. Not because I wanted to, because I had to for the very yep. first time. But I was like, when I was there, I'm like, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to make people feel awesome and I'm going to make them feel like they're going to run through the wall. 
Dude, I was on a high every single day that I got to coach because it was the first time in a year that I got to just make everything about everybody else and not have to worry about my problems and my issues and the things that I have going on, on in my life. So I would just encourage people that if you are one of those people that feel burnt out right now, just go make it about other people. And I always say like giving is the most selfish thing that you can do because nothing feels better than to to give to others. Um, So the next thing I want to get into, which is, you know, an issue that we're going to be facing, obviously staffing is a a big thing, but who we're going to be staffing is maybe a generation that people feel is very more of a selfish generation. So how much thoughts have you put into the Gen Z generation? Because obviously that's the next line of, trainers coming up in the pipeline right because typically a trainer's game is going to be a younger person's game and that's the next generation so how much thought have you put into that generation and then what's going to be required to to lead that generation and and where should we be thinking about with that generation yeah um, we've got three or four new trainers that came on in the last year that are gen zers and they're awesome why well because they were actually clients of that have come up through our system starting in middle or high school, know who we are, know our culture, know we're about, went off at the school and studied some of them in kinesiology, but some in other, but realized, hey, they want to you know, become a, a coach or a trainer. Um, here's the thing what I realized in the next generation, um, in, in this case, the Gen Zers. Where, one of the things I believe that many leaders and business owners fail at is either A, they don't have a defined mission, vision, core values, or they don't communicate it enough. Gen Zers, if they know they need to get behind a meet, a meaningful meet movement and, they're, and they believe in it, if they believe in something and they know they can make a difference, they're all in. But I think the problem is people like to complain that people don't work hard and they can't find the right people. I believe that if you have a, a deep mission, and it's meaningful, and that you have uh, a purpose that you can actually show someone from where they're at here, and through hard work, you can get to do this, and it matches up with with what they believe in. I think there's a lot of great people out there that are looking for right now um, uh, a worthy cause to get behind, and especially whether one is a former athlete or an athlete or someone who loves fitness, um, that loves to give back and loves to serve people, make people better. I think there's a wonderful opportunity for a lot of the Gen Zers. And for us, we either look at that or we look at clients right now, members who have been with us for a while that are looking for a career shift that want to come into maybe become a coach at Fitness Quest. And because one of our top new coaches is a guy, he's been doing boot camp with me since the early 2000s. He's in his 60s. And when he retired, he's like, I want to become a coach here at Fitness Quest 10. He's amazing. He's changing lives. And and all of all of the people who are coming in new or in their sixties and seventies and even eighties, this guy is loving it. Ray Orenko is one of the best ads we've had, and this is a guy who's been a client for almost twenty years. So, I think that the bottom line is when you have a meaningful mission and you have your, your, your you know your purpose and you have your vision and your core values of where you're going, you just got to make sure the young folks that they they know what that is and they get behind it because if they're behind it, they're all in. Yeah. A lot of people ask me, hey, how do I recruit people? And I'm like, hey, if you're just offering a job, good luck. Yep. Right. It's got to be much more than a job if you want if you want to stand out, because if it's just how much do you pay and what are the hours? Somebody's going to pay better and somebody's going to have better hours. 
right? Yeah. So having something to get people bought into and, but that's just leading people in general, right? And growth opportunities, like, because people want to grow and, and, and whether it's, Hey, how much money can I make? Or, you know, what can I do in the next three years or five years, depending on the model, I mean, all the way up to a director position or, Hey, are we going to, I don't know if someone's got multiple um, locations, um, whether one's a franchise or a licensing program or whatnot, or what I've done is as our programs have grown, even into all of our uh, TDE initiatives, our target and enterprise initiatives, we've, we've taken folks who wear worn multiple hats in both brands so that they have grown within our coaching program. Even the life coaching program we have now, people have grown through our program and uh, you got to show them the path and you got to put them in the right the right track based on your vision of how do we continue to grow, make the impact that we want to make, and put the red people on the on the bus. So, what would you say to the you know one location owner that's kind of struggling and they're stuck and they don't really have a vision, but they know they need to sell a vision to to somebody to get them interested in their job? What would be some advice that you would have? <laughs> You better get that. You better get that vision and mission down. Uh, step away. Go to a retreat, Matt, Dustin. Go to one of your events. Go to one of my events. Hire a coach. Do the work to get a vision that fires you up. Because if you ain't fired up on your vision, no one else is going to be fired up. So you can't fool someone on your vision. You, you can't. You can't. You know, uh, just kind of. Oh, I'm thinking about doing it. But you got to be convicted because people are going to be. Um, attracted to the conviction that you have to do whatever it is. And in a year or two, if they're not, then they'll get off or you'll get rid of them if they're, if it doesn't line up. But if you're not clear on the vision, you better be clear on the vision. So hire a coach. I don't give it for three months or six months that it takes to do that. And then allocate, you know, a few hours a week to work on yourself to get really, really finite on, well, I'm not sure what my dream is or my vision. We'll do the work because guess what? Your vision will evolve and grow as you do. What I'm doing today, my vision is, hey, I'll tell you this. I told you in the beginning of the show, I didn't want to be a coach or a fitness business owner in the beginning. I didn't want to do that. And, the, and, and as you start to do things and you start to get a success here or there, you get it. Next thing you know, you you your vision grows. But you got to be very specific with right now. Here's what I'd like to do. Here's the vision of our company. This is what I want to do is what I want to create um, in my community and I don't know, maybe you do want to write a book or maybe you do want to create a podcast or maybe you do want to have a show for your your gym where you can have a podcast where you're just highlighting members of your your gym and studio so you could be the hero in your community and that's all you care about. Good. That's your vision for the next one to three years and create it. And don't get don't get flabbergasted on, well, I don't know how to do that. That's the, that, the how is all over the place. We can help you with that. It's the, it's all of the who, not how. Again, back to the who, not how. It's Find out what the heck you want to do, why you want to do it, and then the how. You got the answer between the three of us right here or some within you know, our network that could help you with the how. I think a lot of people think they need to start with like level 10 of a vision. It's like, hey, yeah. how about we have like a level two or a level three and you can just start with your community. How many lives do you want to impact in your community? When I first started, it was by 2020, which I don't remember what year this was. At this point, I want to help 10,000 people uh, in my community, right? Like I went on the news, I went like, and I thought that was like the biggest freaking, you know, yeah. vision humanly possible. But that was the the rallying cry. It was just what impact do I want to have on my local community? What impact do you want to have with this, this small thing? Like you can still give people significance. You can still give them growth. 
you can still give them contribution, right? And those are all human needs that people want. And they want to be a part of. So like uh, start with level two. What fires you up? What gets you excited? Doesn't need to be, I need to have a hundred locations and I need to, you know, have all these things. But with that, people need to see that there is some level of opportunity outside of, I'm just going to do the same thing over and over and over again, because let's face it, most jobs in the fitness industry are going to be entry level and nobody wants to be entry level. And I think some people get offended by like, Hey, what does this job pay or whatever? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. of course, everyone wants to know what they're going to make and they want to know that there's, there's opportunity. That's just, you know, human but, nature. It's no different yeah. than a, somebody coming to your gym saying, how much does it cost to work out here? Co- correct. And what I would say is this, when you're doing that is start with the question I said earlier, what do you want out of your life? Your life. Because when you know what you want in your life, then you can, again, reverse and you're back into your business going all the way down to the micro. If if this all sounds like, oh, this is good. I just have no idea to start. Two years ago, I started a, um, uh, something I call the God Size Dreams Planner. And it's it's the deepest questions that I used to just share with my masterminders. I made it on a podcast, like 50 bucks. If you've never done it, I'm going to tell you. And now it's coming in the years. So I've got another one coming out in December. But just start working on yourself. Work on yourself and answer the question what you want out of your life and what you stand for, your core values and your habits, all of these things in a structure. And then work it into your business. Because the people you attract to your business, you want to make sure have the same type of core values that you want to be around and, and all of these things. But you got to do the work. You, It's not a lot. Just don't age. He's lucky. She's lucky. It's years and years of working on yourself and doing the work of a couple hours on a weekend or during the week that you carve out time. But if you if you're like, man, this sounds good. I just don't even know where to start. Get the GSD planner. It's like fifty bucks or something. It's like the cheap. It should be way more. But just do the work. You got to work on yourself. And and if you do that and you're you're true with it and you start to share that. Telling your vision in your business is really important to attract who you want to attract because you become more attractive. That's important. Rod, I know you got a lot of things you always are working on. What are some projects that you're uh, fired up about for the future? Because uh, again, you've, you've mentioned multiple things that you got, whether it's in TDE or with FQ10 products that you offer, but what are you <laughs> looking at in the future that you're excited to roll out to the world or that you're currently hammering out that you don't have it quite ready yet. <laughs> the God Size Dreams Planner 2024 is what I'm working on right now. It's one of the things um, I actually take a great pride in that because it's it's kind of like my signature and I call it the annual strategic plan. Um, so that's one of the, the short-term things. Um, I just actually rolled out, I started um, this past September, um, my Impact Life Coaching Certification Program. It's a six-month program. So we have um, uh, 44 life coaches that are going to be graduating in March of 2024. And these are people who are going to help expand the life coaching uh, vision that I have that um, the more keynote speaking I do, both in and out of the industry, um, I'm finding more and more people want coaching. And I've developed a system in, in my coaching time that I put down and become has become part of the Impact Life Coaching so as my coaching has grown, my vision is how can I now certify impact life coaches to when I go speak and we have all these inquiries, we're going to have impact life coaches um, actually putting forth the, the, the life coaching for all the people. My vision is 
to think big. And what we're doing is that this is going to be part of a university someday, that the life coaching program is going to be in uh, corporate America and industries right now that need, he's right here all the time. Oh, my people are burnt out. I can't get them to show up in this hybrid system. Uh, they're all burnt out. Okay, well, how much are you investing in them? Well, not much. Okay, well, then you better invest in them. So the Tyler Can Impact Life Coaching Certification Program is going to be one that we can then go into corporate America and have body, mind, soul all addressed. I'm really, really excited about that, Dustin. Um, it's already in play. It's happening. Again, they're going through the six-month certification program as we speak now. The next one won't roll out again until mid-2024. Um, uh, that, and then lastly, um, the keynoting that I'm doing, I love it. Uh, I'm loving the speaking both in the fitness industry and outside of the fitness industry because here's what I'm recognizing. It doesn't matter if you're in fitness, you're a, a, an entrepreneur in fitness, or or you're, you spoke to a bunch of surgeons and, and uh, doctors and nurses and healthcare practitioners just a couple weeks ago. It's the same issues they have that we have. They can't find good people. They're frustrated with the surgical centers and they, you know, they can't find uh, the people that are going to help them take their vision to the next level. And it comes back to how can we help uh, make people better, which brings me back to my essence, coaching. It's coaching. It's how can leaders become better coaches? Coaches, how can we become better coaches? So for me, my divine uniqueness is in, in coaching and both in my um, my mastermind program, which is for fitness professionals, and in my non-fit pros, my Impact X coaching program for non-fit pros, it's I'm devout in coaching. That's the heart and soul of what I do. Whether I'm in the trenches training like I just was prior to this and I will be doing after this recording, I, I still love to coach. I, I have to keep that part of my soul. Um, and while I'm not doing 50 sessions like I used to, even if I'm doing you know five to 10 sessions a week, it keeps my, it keeps my blood percolating uh, on that. So I feel like I got that pulse. But now in leading other fit pros and, and other entrepreneurs who want to do more of the life coaching aspect, um, I'm really, really passionate about what's to come here in 2024 and beyond when it comes to coaching. That's awesome. Um, this one's coaching for me, Todd, um, and, and hopefully it's beneficial to, to other people as well. So how do you balance, you know, the dichotomy of all the, the hats that you wear, right? So obviously you're very public facing, sure. but you know, you have the, the brand that when I think about outside the brand, it's, Hey, I'm helping fitness professionals. I'm now reaching non-fitness professionals. I have a mission outside of my gym, which some people get, you know, uh, I don't want to say offended, but they get like, Hey, you know, you're doing all these things. What about, what about us? Um, from your clients to, to your team members, they're looking at what you're doing. Um, and, and maybe they're like, you know, you should be spending more time in the gym. You should be doing more coaching with us. You're doing all these outside things. Right. So how do you balance that dichotomy of you have these big goals and dreams that aren't just fitness quest 10? I, I have become unapologetically me. And I understand what you're saying, Matt, because a few years ago, I guess I was a little more hung up on that. But then as my vision grew about what I wanted to create, and I was again unapologetically me, it was I was being called to go to a deeper level, an uncomfortable level for me to go beyond just Fitness Quest 10, which I felt like we were doing a good job. So the way I manage that now is at Fitness Quest 10, again, Jeff Bristol's running the helm at Fitness Quest 10. We have a director of marketing at Fitness Quest 10. The job of that director of marketing, Jeff, is to grow Fitness Quest 10. Um, and, and, and they do a great job at doing that. 
Whereas my role now has evolved into um, more of impacting people more on a global basis and coaching both fit pros and, and non-fit pros. And the coaching is um, I am devoutly committed um, to reaching 10 million plus people in making their body, minds, and the souls better. And um, now I, I, it's just, I, I, I just share with what I'm doing and those who we serve at Fitness Quest 10, I think we do a darn great job at it. Those we, we serve outside of San Diego um, at Fitness Quest 10 through all of our Tyrek and Enterprises uh, programs and products. Now I want to be the best in the world at what we do. And we've got a team around us at TDE. So we have, Matt, was two different teams. We have the Fitness Quest 10 branch and the TDE branch. Um, and while a lot of my time now is uh, spent on the TDE side with the podcasting and speaking and all of the coaching programs, my heart and soul is still in fitness. So I still love going to the sanctuary and, um, and being down there and, 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 and doing what I love to do. So it's just a little more bifurcated now on that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to when someone walks through the door, fitness quest head, are we serving them to the best ability? It's not about me. And at TDE, are we serving that client at TDE with whoever they are, a coach or a, a non-fib pro, to the best that we can possibly do. If we make it about them, like you said earlier, then it's not on me. So I'm just being obedient to uh, what God's calling me to do. I'm doing my best to do that. And sometimes I'm uh, I'm better than, than others. And it's that constant perfect imbalance, balance, right? It's that imperfect balance that we try to achieve. And sometimes it's better and sometimes it's not. But uh, the bottom line is staying really, really on, on point with the mission. How often do you have to deal with like team member stuff or concerns of, you know, where you're spending your time and energy, or do you combat that by just sharing the mission and where, what you're called to be doing and that you're actually on a mission when you're not in the gym all the time in the trenches? Cause you know, sometimes they, they want your time, they want your energy, they want you present and they, they determine your care by how much time and energy you're giving them, which obviously is limited with everything that you have going on. Are you talking on the Fitness Quest 10 side? Like team member side. So like obviously maybe some people are like, you know what? I want to have a gym, but I also yep. want to go maybe open another business or I want to go coach people or I want to go do that stuff. And, you know, with that, if you want to actually grow those things, you're going to have to put yourself out there, right? So with that, and then, then you're going to be spending less time in the gym. You're Now people are going to be looking at you and, you know, I always said the leaders are always under the most scrutiny. People are looking at you in ways that they don't look at other people. Um, and if you want to find issues, you'll always find them. So how do you balance that with your your team of, you know, you have 25 team members. I'm sure some people would like more time and uh, of your time, Todd. Um, and maybe when you're not around or maybe you're traveling and you're speaking at these big events. Um, how do you manage that? Or do you not have these problems and I'm the only one that has these problems? You're not the only one who has those problems. I can say this though, it existed a lot more for a, I'll say a, a, a seven to ten year period up to where I'm at now, and I'm I'm on the other side now of not feeling it as much because um, of what has been a great um, trans transformation into now I'm spending the majority of my time on the TDE side of things and blessing the FQ10 and overseeing that, mentoring Jeff um, and being available for teammates when they want and need me, but I'm not needed per se in the sense of the day-to-day -day operations. 
what was happening prior to the pandemic, Matt, when I went into that burnt burnout myself going into it, that left me feeling like I need to make change in my life because 80% of my time is at FQ10 spending spending all my energy on problems. And I hate it because I know that I'm being called to do something greater than just doing this. Because again, that was almost 20 years at that point. But how do I do it? I'm, I'm 80% of my time is here, but I, I have this big vision. It has taken years to get to the point now, as you ask me, that um, Jeff and the team, the leadership team, are doing an amazing job with day-to-day operations and leading that. Um, and uh, you know, you can really tell how how great a team is is when when the leaders step away for a while. And um, I'm not needed um, to make FQ10 work the way it's working. And that that's always been um, something that I had to work toward. But it was certainly not easy. And even now, uh, it's a dance of how much am I needed there? But I know that a vision that I've had and worked on is I know that I'm being called to do some greater things, but I couldn't do it with the, with the schedule I had and always had done up until the point of 2020 and training the amount I was training and doing that. But I want to speak, I want to grow our coaching programs. I want to do all these things to get out there and, and do it. But I felt like I was spending all my time here, if that makes any sense. So let, let's take it from uh, 2020, your burnout. You're like, I need to change. I need to reposition the gym. I need to restructure it. Oh, oh, oh. What, um, <laughs> what advice would you give in the sense of, obviously, Jeff is now leading the show. Um, you said he, he's a partner, so he has ownership in the business, which obviously he probably runs it like it's his baby. It's his business, which to me, if you're going to be a absentee owner, that's the, the structure that you want 100% need. And I correct me if I'm wrong. It's like, hey, when Jeff's in the building, ownership is in the building. So when clients see Jeff, they're saying, hey, ownership's in the building because sometimes when it's just a manager in the building versus an owner in the building, it's still like, hey, where's the owner? What's he doing? Oh, he's traveling. He doesn't, you know, he's not present. Um, and they're judging and it makes a difference. Um, so what, how did you navigate? Like, what was your thought process on I'm going to bring, I'm going to, put Jeff as a partner and I'm going to be able to, to phase myself out. Like how much strategy did you put into that? I'll preface it by saying this. If, if, uh, anyone listening in hasn't listened to my podcast 301 through 306, I call it the reinvention project. I'm going to encourage you after you listen to all of these podcasts, is to listen to 301 through 306, The Reinvention Project. There's some things that happened to me, Matt, Dustin, during this time that I was almost forced to make change. Right. Um, and so physically, I tried to put the industry on my back and my back broke. Like literally, physically, I, I, I had a really, really bad physical setback of putting all the weight of the world on my shoulders. I felt responsible for the fitness industry. Um, and I went live every single day trying to save the issue in 2020. And next thing you know, I had a knee replacement. Six weeks later, I had a back injury that left me way worse than 25 years ago when I was motionless on a football field. It, and when I was saying, put the, you know, get on my back, get on my back, get on my back, my back literally broke. And that put me down a real spiral downward in 2021. But I'm wearing a back race. I'm, I'm in a bad place physically, mentally thinking, I can't do this anymore. 
I, I got to tap, man. I got to tap because things are going bad. And when the doctor finally told me I needed a 14-hour back surgery that was going to change my life, I couldn't keep doing what I was doing and how am I doing what I'm doing now? And I went out into the car and cried like a baby to my wife thinking, wait a second, I'm on this mission to change 10 million people and here my back is I need a 14-hour back surgery? Like, God, why are you doing this to me? What that like? I'm supposed to be helping people. I'm trying to do good to the world, and here I am, and I'm crying. And then Melanie, she said, "Hey, <laughs> what you want and what God wants might be two different things, and what you think you're going to help is far different than maybe who He wants you to help. And maybe you're not just going to help fit pros. Maybe you're not just going to help trainers and coaches and fitness business owners. Maybe you're going to help other people who are in pain, physically, mentally, emotionally. People who are addicted to drugs. People who are are depressed and suicidal." all the things that you never thought you might do, maybe you did. And all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, right again. And I was irked that she was right because here I was feeling sorry for myself. 2021 was a really tough year. Um, and I made all these changes during this time of like, you know what? If there's ever a time, you know, either you choose change or change chooses you. It was both. I had to come come to the Jesus moment. It was like, hey, I've been thinking about this far beyond before the pandemic. Um, and now I'm being forced to make some decisions of, I can get through this and just keep doing what I'm doing. And let me tell you what, I'll, I know what I'm going to make for the, for the next 15 years of my life. I made it for the last 10 years. I know what I'm going to make. I know how much money I'm going to make. I know what I'm going to do. I know what my schedule. And frankly, I wasn't content with that. I, I, I wasn't, I was like, this doesn't juice me up. I want to do something more. I want to, I want to, I'd rather fail trying to get outside the box a little bit and, and, and do some more and have Fitness Quest 10 still thrive because this is my baby. But if I just keep doing it and don't take these chances, so it's like one of those things is the pandemic happening to me or for me. I'm not sure I can answer that yet because I'm still in the middle of it. Matt, I'm still like, I'm still doing, I'm starting, I'm going into doing more keynoting for companies outside of fitness. But guess what it always comes back to? Your health and your fitness. And I'm now sending a lot of these people to people I know in the fitness to ensure mastermind members that, that I can, you know, send to them or they sign up for a coaching program. But I'm still, I'm still in this process, but 90% of it already over in the sense of I've made some really, really big, hard changes in my life that are really hard when you come to the point where what Ladanian said, what if you're here and you know there's another level, but you don't know how to get there? Like, what are you going to do? You know you're here, you're content, and you can stay there, but deep down, in the conversation only with myself, I wouldn't say this publicly. I would have said a couple years ago, you know, there's another level and people on the outside are like, oh, he's so successful. Oh, he's the goat. And you're like, no, I'm not. There's not, there's something else inside of me that even I don't know what is there yet, but I know it's there. And I'm willing to stress that surface because God's saying, hey, trust me. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be. So that's who I'm stepping in to be, I'll always be a coach. I'll always be a trainer. That's my soul. But I also know this. There's a lot of people in this world who are hurting on all levels. And I want to serve greater and deeper. And um, I'm not sure if it's as keynoting and I'm not always sure if it's in one of my coaching programs or whatnot. But I know that it's the world needs more great coaches. And if you're a coach listening in right now, Keep doing what you're doing. Keep training people. Keep loving on people. 
session by session. Oh, they got one person in the class today. Love on that person. That kid, that kid who you don't know, I lost two kids to suicide, kids I coached during the pandemic, two, and I didn't see it. Like, no, no, like, how's that possible? This stuff is rocking me, man. Like, I want to help more the kids that we don't know. Coaches, there are kids who you're coaching or parents whose kids are struggling with this. Mm. But the work we do matters. It matters. And I, I think one of the things that we struggle with is we don't hear that often enough, right? So as coaches, as business owners, especially as you get in the weeds, you start dealing with the cancellations. You start dealing with the, you know, maybe a coach did something wrong and now you have upset uh, clients or maybe team members are upset. And we start getting this distance between like our purpose and us feeling yep. like we're actually making, you know, a, a massive difference and- I used to be at a very high level in a form of a fitness franchise. And the first time I ever felt appreciated was the day I said I was leaving. So yeah. that was the first day that literally yeah. 40, 50 people told me the difference I was making in their life, in their business. And uh, I was like, you know, if you would have told me, I don't know, like uh, during the process, like, you know, yeah. it would have made a big difference. So I, me, I just want to tell you, the difference yeah. that you make in the world. Um, you're, you're definitely a one of one human yeah. being and the difference that you make in our industry and the impact that you have on people's lives. Uh, a lot of people think at your level that you just hear it all the time. And right. I bet you, you don't hear it. Like you don't hear it at a fraction of how much impact that you are having. So I just want to say thank you. Um, you make a massive impact in this world and, and you drive us and you motivate us and you influence us. Um, and we hope to be able to pass that on to, to more people as well. So you've made a massive difference in my life. And I just want to thank you for that. Um, and a lot of people, if you're listening, if people are making a difference in your life, tell them. Uh, oh, coaches, uh, you, know, you want to know how you can go to the front of the line with your boss today? Uh, tell them you appreciate them. Tell them thank you for everything that they do for you. Tell them about the impact they're they're having on your life. And I, I have found... There's a lot of people going through life saying that they, they don't feel appreciated and that people should show them appreciation. I just say, when's the last time you gave somebody appreciation? Yeah. Appreciation is reciprocal, right? So oftentimes team members are waiting for their boss to show them appreciation. I'm like, the fastest way for you to like have your boss sing your praises and be willing to do anything for you is be the one that's always appreciating them. But if you can be the person that shows up and appreciates people in their life, you're, you're instantly going to be everyone's favorite person uh, on planet earth. But, uh, with that, I just want to thank you. I know we're going pretty long. So Dustin, I don't know if you have any last questions or anything we want to no, no. this mean, with. I can't think of a better way to end it. And I just want to echo what Matt said, Todd, the fitness industry loves you. I very much am grateful for you. Appreciate you. And I know that when you came to speak to our team, uh, it was a, it was just good for everybody to get to get reconnected, to get in live experiences with one another, and you do make a big impact. That's why I love that. That's your word that you have hung your hat on because it absolutely. If I could pick a word that speaks hey. about what Todd Durgan, <laughs> well, that's mm. it. So, uh, thank you, thank you, sir, for everything you do for this industry. It is very much appreciated, and we do both agree you don't hear it enough. So we wanted to make sure you hear it today. Well, thank you, Dustin, and thank you, Matt. Uh, and thank you for anyone listening in. 
right? I think the fact that someone's listened this long, <laughs> this point of shit, oh, is uh, is certainly someone of the same DNA. And um, I'll say this: thank you for what you do, uh, both of you, and and for all the coaches and trainers out there, because sometimes it is a thankless job. You know, you're training, you're changing lives, you're changing lives, and you're working seven days a week, and you're writing, and you're you're doing your programs and and that, and you every now and then you don't even know. Uh, the impact that you're having on someone until um, either they a they tell you or it's too late. And um, we are we are so fortunate to be in this industry that we're in. I call it life transformation. Whether you're a coach, a trainer, uh, you're the director of first impressions at the front desk, um, who makes a huge difference. If you're if you're someone who's doing the program design, if you're uh, an intern, or if you're if you're a veteran trainer, ten plus years, you've been going at it. Um, I'm telling you, there's so many opportunities now because of the number of people who need our help on all levels. And that's what fires me up for the future. So I say thank you, Matt and Dustin, for listening to your whispers and tapping in and, and putting these shows out and all that the, the great things that you're doing. If there's any way I could ever help you guys, uh, please let me know. But I, I thank you for your words. They, they mean more than you know. And I know, I know that I got a long way to go to where I want to get to, but uh, I sure am grateful for for being here today and uh, both of you have been a part of that so thank you thank you and if somebody for whatever reason doesn't know how to you know is not following you already where would be the best place to point them um probably my website toddurkin.com toddurkin.com is is uh where a lot of our stuff is my podcast the toddurkin impact show um is is always a great place uh you know bookmark that along with this podcast and and that but i love instagram at Todd Durkin, you want to hit up there, and I would say this is uh, certainly take a snapshot of of this and 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 post us up, tag us, and, we'll, and I'll share. I love hearing from all of you on the DMs, and and that I read all of all of that because again, your words are oxygen to my soul and uh, keeps me going. So thank you, thank you, Dustin, thank you, Matt. And if you we we heard the word burnout a lot today. If your team is burnt out, <laughs> the greatest investment you could make is hire that man. To come in for a day and frick, like honestly, like during COVID when when the energy was a little bit low, like you came yeah, in, the team, like I love the those dynamics, days. like changed instantly. Having somebody like to, like again, Todd's one hundred and one when it comes to that. Like he's gonna Thanks. come in and fire up your troops. Like if you feel like, hey, my team needs like what's the light switch? Like the dimmer switch stuff is not working. I need a I need a light switch. Uh, <laughs> You need to bring this guy in and come. I, I've brought him in several times, and it's just freaking, it's magic. And I'm not just it. saying that because he's here. It is magic. It is freaking awesome. It's one of the best investments you could, could ever make. So if that's something you're feeling, you keep hearing that burnout, and you're like, dang it, I need a change tomorrow. Get get a hold burnout, of the guy. Get him in there. Burnout happen. It's not good. <laughs> you already burnt. <laughs> yeah. But thank you. All right. Well, with that, guys, we're going to wrap up. Thank you, Todd, for joining us on our GOAT series. And uh, I, again, want to just tell the, the listeners, go follow you. Go see what you're doing because it's always good stuff, impactful, and it definitely helps them to continue to do what they do. And you need that breath of fresh air. You know, you need that life poured into you, and you're the guy that's doing that for the fitness industry and beyond. So appreciate you, Todd, and listeners. Uh, we will appreciate, again, if you screenshot it, subscribe and tag us all on social media so we know you enjoyed it. Tell us what your biggest takeaway was. And then if you like these GOAT series, let me and Matt know, and we'll continue to get more GOATs 
on the show. Until next week, guys, later. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here, and I wanted to invite you to my free group for gym owners. It's called Fitness Sales Made Simple, because I wanna show you how to convert more of your leads into sales, how to get more people to say yes to taking that leap of faith to join your program and to get healthy, fit, and more confident, all right? And so I'm gonna share my best sales strategies but you got to join the group to see what it's all about. And in fact, the minute you join, I'm going to give you a free gift. And that is a PDF called five ways to get more sales in your gym. So join the group. I'll tag you on the PDF and enjoy the free content. See you in the group.